0: Hello. We would like to say up front, thank you so, so much for giving this podcast a chance. It means the world to us. We would love to hear your feedback. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook as Unfolding Sound Podcast. Send us a message on either platform and let us know what you think. Once again, thank you so much for giving us a chance and enjoy the episode.
1: Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Unfolding Sound, the new podcast that dissects music. This is Will System and we have with us Douglas Leach as well as Adam Austin, our co-hosts.
0: Hello. Hello.
1: And we're going to jump straight into our music selections. Uh, We're going to start off with Author and Punisher and their latest album, Crueler, that was uh, recently released in February. This was a lot riffier, a lot more theatrical, more experimental. You know, I'm definitely a huge fan of Author and Punisher. You know, there was definitely a lot to
0: sink your teeth into on this new release. What were you guys' thoughts on that, Doug? Um, I have been a fan of uh, Author and Punisher for a while also. I don't listen to them all that much, though, because I'm not the biggest noise fan, but... I really respect what he does. I've only got a chance to see him live once, but right, it was yeah. The good. process is really interesting. and people really know about it, you
2: know, he uses a lot of hand controllers for MIDI responses. Most of it's still electronic recordings, but mm-hmm. he's uh, reinventing the wheel, <laughs> yes. technically, by uh, making it into a live a live performance, much like a DJ does, yes. but using different animatronic, maybe or actuated devices as new instruments. Which I think actually really feeds in very well to his overall concept. Being sort of, I found the album to be really science fiction. Great soundtrack yeah. music. Uh-huh. You really feel like there's a person locked in there. If you remember um, the movie Poltergeist and the girls sitting there looking at the static, and you know, a lot of times <laughs> I feel like oh, it was like. You're looking for the koi fish in the static somehow, you know, and, and you, the soul of this person is still locked away in, as the ghost in the machine when you listen to it.
1: Correct, correct. I actually had the honor of seeing uh, Author and Punisher live in uh, Cold Waves in Chicago, and uh, he was amazing live. His pedals, the synthesizers, the whole setup in his rack... Uh, He put on an an amazing show, definitely very modular, but uh, so much coming out of that, it was definitely something to see.
2: Yeah, almost a modern-day Jim Vetus or Jim Thurwell, you know, who would have just walked out on stage with a tape deck, which would have been unheard of
0: almost in his day. (laughs) (laughs) He's putting the industrial back in industrial. Yeah. The the odd, odd thing, though, is that he is very much embraced by the metal community uh-huh. Even though there's no guitars in his setup, like, right? It is all electronic. Right. But
2: I do find that there's a there's something with him. This was a down point for me was the low tempo, but it still goes back to um, <laughs> that is bands like um, Melvin's the Melvins is kind oh, of yeah, down yeah. tempo, kind of a thing in the feel to it. There's a lot to listen to in that. I found that I had to have a clear environment, and it was a, to me. I found it was more meditative. If that kind of level of noise helps you zone anything out, it's great. But otherwise, I found it to be an excess of square waves. There's a lot of layers, too many layers of distortion to hear things clearly for myself. And the down tempo made it hard for me to get into. That being said, there's a lot of usage out of that. If you really want to just sit down and zone out for something to a while and you got... Clear enough. There's not enough excess noise in the room, or you got headphones on. Um, it's right. Something you can it's really not zone good background into. music. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to like say listen to in your car with the windows rolled down.
1: It definitely has a lot of uh, elements of metal. It is.
0: It, some consider this rightfully to be metal as well. Sled- metal sludge metal and doom metal are like if, if mm-hmm. you if you go to the tags that he has on Bandcamp that I'm, uh-huh. presumably he put on himself. Uh, yeah, uh, doom metal, sludge metal. Like, industrial is barely on there if it's on there at all, even though that's exactly what it is. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm,
0: yeah. But by comparison, like, most of his stuff previously, it is that tempo where it's all really slow, but it's all, like, really aggressive. But this album, he mellowed out a lot. There's yes, a lot did. of...
2: The vocals are very haunting, and they're, they, they function as background in a lot of ways. Yeah. I would have liked to have heard a little that turned up in the mix. I think it's a... A mistake a lot of artists make is they, they don't feel confident enough in their vocals that they, they down-mix them. And it would have really helped present what he was trying to say along with what was going on. That
0: might have been a thing that he could have done. Now, normally his, his vocals are mixed in the background. Like, that's just that's one part of his part things. Of his style, yeah. But I think he could have made a change on this album to bring him out a little bit more. The other big thing that makes a huge difference on this album, which is the thing that stuck out to me, was these. Big fat synth sounds (laughs) like he never used them before. This is new. There is, yeah, that's what really gave me the science fiction feel to it. It gave it a lot more melody, uh, made it more upbeat, which is weird to say about Author and Punisher. Made it more upbeat, for
1: sure. (laughs) That
2: Maiden Star, that song, yeah, it changed the tempo and it really set up the next song. You know, it was pretty much the same feeling for the first couple of songs. Then you get to Maiden Star and you get a key change and things go like the angels start singing and then you you get to the next song and it's uh, the collaboration with Danny from uh, Tool. And it just kind of, the drums just sort of unleash the album a little bit and breaks the space. and
1: Really stepped out of character there with that uh, cover of uh, Glory Box by Portishead. That was definitely an, a new dimension as far as creative, artistic direction to go in. Putting the shoes on the perspective of a woman,
0: first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's my changing s- the gender on second it. favorite cover of that song <laughs> now. The first one being you know, Faith No More did an excellent cover of it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: still maintaining that that moody groove that that same ambience that the original has you know but mechanically disjunct and distorted it it (laughs) still feeds into that
2: cyborg thing because you know what a glory box is or it was like a hope chest they would slowly for young girls they would build a, a basically a dowry of things that they needed to get when they were you know, when they would get married, you'd know, marry these people off. And oh, so really? And never put any yeah, thought so they, into what, what that actually was. They collect <laughs> tea towels,
0: towels and dishes and kitchen instruments. Adam had brought up that Danny Carey is featured on this album. It's also worth mentioning Justin Chancellor, also from Tool, or also on this album. Author and Punisher had toured with Tool for a while, and... These two guys you know, joined in with him to help write some songs. Uh, Centurion, which is the song that Justin Chancellor is on, it has. If you listen for it, if somebody were to tell you that he's on the track, which they do, you can hear that there was a real bass being played in the background. But if nobody were to, was to ever tell you that it was there, it'd be real easy to miss. Right. But un- unlike most of his stuff, like oh, somebody's actually playing bass mm-hmm. as opposed to just you know it being synthesized. It's maybe a little more subtle than I would like, but it's definitely there. You wanted to hear more out of him, yeah. Justin Chancellor is a really good songwriter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. l- like if you could think of a Tool song that you like, there's a good chance he like there's did a, a lot bass of riff in there that he started out with. Well, like, uh, was it forty six and two? Like when he first joined in the band, that's his song. Like he they they made it where like you have to write a song, join the band, and forty six and two is what he came up with. So it cool. I, I would have liked to have heard more out of him, uh, but
1: it's there he had a lot of great collaborators on this album uh and on shown he had his wife apparently also collaborating on crueler am i pronouncing that correctly by the way
0: i think so yep the, the uh umlauts are ooh yeah
1: <laughs> well, but i'm a huge tool fan so definitely very excited about uh chancellor and carry on this album for sure
2: it's interesting how much more of a feeling of nine inch nails i get out of it than i do even tool huh despite that
1: okay so yeah, Tool is a lot more I think abstract maybe. with its time signatures and True, everything else. Yeah. You know, this is definitely more in the four-four genre as I well. I feel like
2: the, some of the sounds, the synth sounds, were very similar, and sort of the vocals, but he's so moody swoony in this versus i think his
1: i think his vocal style was was more melodic here Mm -hmm. oh absolutely there there was definitely a you know his his previous work you know there's definitely a lot more of that element of mechanical disjunct screaming you know but in this in this particular run here he tries to get a little bit more melodic yes experiment more with instruments i think this is kind of like a author and punisher 2.0 almost as far as the creative direction that he's taking with everything
0: well, it'll be interesting to see what he does next after this. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna have a while, but yeah, as, building, yeah, whether or not he continues on this path or if he switches back, and this is just sort of an anomaly. But I think this album is getting enough praise that if he wants to keep going with it, I don't think anybody's going to argue. Right. right? Well, he's obviously got some people who would join in with him.
2: Yeah,
1: some <laughs> good people. Yeah, yeah, his getting, corner for sure. Having
2: collaborators is one of the most important parts
1: okay all right so moving on into our next selection here uh this one comes to us from our colleague here doug uh so i'm gonna go ahead and let him take it away with this one and introduce the next album
0: okay so next we're going to be talking about green room which is the second full-length album by the band Radkey. Radkey. yep And now, Radkey formed in uh, 2010. They are three brothers from St. Joseph, Missouri, which is local for us. They
1: our backyard here. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yes. They toured with a ton of different bands, including Jack White, Foo Fighters, Local H. I've seen them randomly at shows at the Riot Room where it's just like, hey, isn't that Radkey sitting over there not playing a show? Yes, it there's, is Radkey.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of mention of Dave Grohl whenever you talk about Radke. I think he like endorsed them or something.
0: Absolutely. Uh, now, back uh, in 2020 when uh, Foo Fighters was do- doing a big you know, arena tour, uh-huh. Radke was one of the bands he brought with him. And uh, yeah, he's a big fan of those guys. He'll, he'll bring him on stage. Uh, I just watched a video on YouTube the other night where uh, he brought him out and had them play uh, I'll Stick Around uh, from the mm-hmm. Foo Fighters first album. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of joy and whatnot with, with him bringing them out. Right. You, you can feel the influence, too.
2: I mean, like one thing I felt about Radkey is I felt like they digested everything in the genre. They listened to it all. Everything from Lou Reed to the Sex Pistols all the way up to the Foo Fighters. To the Ramones. You, you Ramones. The, um, who else is in Offspring. there? Offspring. There's uh, Danzig, the, Pins, the Pixies. Um, the Ramones, again, there's so much stuff. Well, you know, vocal
0: styling. Sort and- of Danzig, but really misfits with Danzig. Yeah. Like, right. Their, yeah. Like, especially on, on their earlier stuff man does it channel that uh, yeah the, the vocals especially I mean yes. it's
2: uh, almost he could he could sub if he needed to if yes. they needed him to right <laughs> yeah
1: it's really user friendly music uh, really easy to sink your teeth into regardless of what background you come from you know there's definitely something for everybody with rat Green Room uh, is, is definitely a, an album that was very pleasant to get into easy quick listen as well it's very so, clean yes it's
2: very right. clean very well written uh, everything Thing moves from one song to the other it's clear concise i don't think there's a single song over four minutes yeah. so you can it's a great song to say do the dishes clean your your house do your laundry and and just bop around you know it's not a bad time but it's not overly saccharine pop bubblegum either well
0: it's a, it's not really pushing any envelopes either like the right. sound is really clean there's nothing controversial in any the lyrics they don't even curse on the on the album <laughs> it's it's it, still personal Right. But it's, it's the kind of album that you can just tell anybody's like, you should listen to this and you don't have to worry about whether or not like, you know, if they don't like it, I guess, but it's, it's really easy for somebody or anybody to like on some level.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's kind of one of the only things that you could ever, I think you could complain about. When it plugs in everything, you always kind of, should I trust that a little bit? You know, <laughs> like it's too good to be true in some levels or it's definitely, it's like you said, it's not pushing any envelopes. It's, it's not breaking any new bounds,
1: but not
0: really trying to just, make any,
2: it's a healthy diet of happy-go-lunky punk rock without being
0: overly bubblegum. Right. It, it's. It just feels like you had these three brothers with their father being their manager that just wanted to like, yeah, we want to make some music and maybe make a career out of this tour, make some money or whatever. So many and, great bands come from families,
2: people right. working together. They just know where each other's at. I've, so. I,
1: I had a chance to listen to uh, previous Ratkey albums. And in contrast, definitely, it, it looks like here they're definitely revisiting a lot more of a melodic pop punk aspect of things as well. Yes. Some of their previous work was a little bit more serious, but it feels like they're really breaking out of the
0: box here. Yeah, definitely. Well, I actually kind of got maybe a different feel for it. Uh, Their previous album, uh, Delicious Rock Noise, which got released twice. The first name was Dark Black Makeup, and then it got re-released. Right. I enjoyed that album a little bit more, and I, I found it to be... A little darker, a little rougher than than the previous album. I, I thought
1: the same thing too, you know. It definitely had more of that Ramones feel to it. Yeah,
2: know. it wasn't straight ahead power chords. They, right, had, it, they it, had
1: riffs and... It's like
0: reminiscent of White Stripes old school. But um, yeah, uh, Green Room felt more refined. And, and I don't know that this is the case, but maybe they got like a more experienced producer and helped them write songs. And it's a lot more it's a lot more straightforward I don't necessarily know that I'd want to continue to go down a path of being even more straightforward like I'd like like to see a little bit of edge and grit to it It
1: protest something (laughs) yeah women's rights talk about something get angry at something yeah Yeah. you
0: could totally take just
2: about one any of these songs that are in there and apply it to a current event in some way and then make it the the theme song for that it's not all the way directly about it but it definitely could shadow an event Well, but I guess that's one, of their, well,
1: that's one of their strong points is that people go to bands like Ratkey to get away from all of that political polarization. I don't want to
0: use the word wholesome. It's borderline wholesome, though. Like, it, it approaches that. I hope they're not insulted. <laughs> like, yeah, but you can almost play this for like a kindergarten class and everything would be fine like you wouldn't have to worry about it
1: yeah yeah and the kids yeah. would jump
0: around yeah, yeah. This, this this would
1: definitely be disney channel approved music for sure <laughs> and, and
0: yeah a saying that they may not like that but it, it it is what it is right like it's it's super easy to listen to like i said it's that not controversial just appeal to it yeah yeah it's very radio-friendly.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, so let's talk about some of these songs. So they, they jumped right into it with uh, one of their fiercest tracks, Seas. Seas,
2: yes. Mm-hmm. That one just sets the tone for the whole album in a lot of ways. And I, I still kind of think it's the
0: strongest track on there. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. It, I, that is probably my favorite track off the album.
2: It really hits you first. Yeah, And right. then, And then each one is just another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. Give me another one. Almost like too many shots, but...
0: A little further into the album, it's you start feeling other influences like mm-hmm. Weezer uh, with uh, yeah. "Like Real Deal." They, they I can see them being a Weezer track. Yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. The Real Deal as well. I definitely felt that Weezer feel in that as well, kind of like "Sweater." <laughs> <laughs> But it's 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 definitely everything that you would expect. Fast, punky riffs.
0: Good, catchy choruses, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is stuff you can sing along to easily. I love the, the cover that they did, Ain't No Sunshine. Ain't, sun- ain't No Sunshine, yep. That was
2: strange to me. That was, I mean, I'm a big Bill Withers fan, and to <laughs> me, it's like, it's the power of his voice. And, you know, when he's singing it, and then it's like, it got turned upside and then
1: yeah. right it, it, it was a weird song to sort of rock out to it doesn't convey the same thing yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially towards the end you know when it kind of explodes into that quick finale just kind of something of its own as well you know but I think it does manage to capture that chaotic lonely man energy in it
2: <laughs> it's also funny as a last song after you got each one of these were like an M that you ate boom 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 and then they're all gone <laughs> the song the
0: album's over <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is a quick listen yeah yeah, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, maybe. Well, I, I think part of what carries them along isn't necessarily the albums. I think their live shows are a good chunk of what bring people to them because they put a ton of energy into their live shows.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could make a comparison with Green Day. You know, when you're talking about um, commercial punk in general, it's an oxymoron in itself. I don't think that Radke fails in that by being too commercialized. Um I would definitely probably rather listen to them than Green Day. I think they have just as good a song qualities in a lot of ways. Although I will say that... If, if I go back, you know, Green Day probably was more politicized in a lot of ways with yes, American Idiot and that kind of stuff. They definitely um, dressed it up it as much more ultra plastic for, for being punk. So
0: on our third album, uh, Zealand arter's self-titled album, I really have to explain the band first in order to understand the music. Uh-huh. they're very like the concept of the band is very much tied to their sound and their 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 aesthetic so the band was started by Manuel
1: gag gag i'm, g- Gagnu? Gagnu? I, I, I'm Gagnu, totally gonna butcher this ganyu
0: manual ganyu he has another project that he has called bird mask which is labeled as chamber pop it's pop music it's not bad right uh but what he did was he'll post stuff up on 4chan Mm -hmm. because, as he put it, he would get brutally honest feedback on his tracks, which, you know, that tracks. But another thing that he did was he would then ask people on 4chan to give him two genres, and he would try to write a song from those two genres in about 30 minutes. Somebody gave him, not in these words, black people music. What? Once again, (laughs) not the actual term used, and black metal. And he actually just ran with it and created an entire band out of this.
1: It was supposed to be something that was like, it was like some kind of a temporary project that he was doing and that ended up running. They ended up running with it and ended up becoming a long-term project.
0: Glad he did. Right. But the important part to know is that the concept of the band is an alternate history where slaves from the United States embraced Satanism instead of Christianity. Nice. So it's it basically rejecting the religion of the people that were enslaving them and going the opposite direction. And there is a lot of satanic imagery.
1: There was definitely, a, de- like, they they definitely have it out for the church on this one. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, there's a song called, uh, as the church burns and yeah, death to the holy and, and. and This is the third album. This is just a continuation of the same thing that was in the previous ones. Right. He said in an interview recently that the first album, uh, Devil is Fine, was about them still as being slaves but rejecting things. Then the second album, uh, Strange Fruit, was them breaking out. Or Stranger Fruit. Stranger Fruit, sorry. Stranger Fruit uh, breaking out and escaping and then this album is about being on the run and trying to get away I actually like being a fan of the other two albums I actually didn't know those were the concepts of those it's until, amazing. Until pretty recently. But if you didn't know that walking into this album, it really just sounds like a guy that really, really doesn't like God. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I, I have to admit, I did not know that bit of context before walking in and, and listening to the album. I felt the influences were, were definitely very unique as well, but that adds so much color to the panorama. So much context as to where all of that is is conceptually coming from what drives that. Thank you for sharing that. That That's super fucking cool.
0: So yeah, it's not just theater like a lot of satanic black metal bands, like whether or not they're really into it or not, eh, who knows. It's theater. But I feel like this is this has a point. This is Sort of a righteous anger, right, which gives it a lot more meaning and weight to it than uh, a lot of bands that get into this sort of thing. And so, yeah, uh, I, it's Zoom-
2: interesting coming from the fact that he's Swiss. It's almost an outsider's view, and then it didn't actually come from somebody from the United States or right. from the Caribbean. You know, yeah. Although there are probably
0: other examples in that that um, that have been done that we don't actually recognize as so directly. And this is why I I brought up this album as one to to do, because we could talk probably forever about the band itself and not even like really even touch on the album, although we're going to talk about the album. Combining sounds of sort of chain gang style call in a report yes. yes champ works there are songs. a lot
1: of tracks that were that were spiritual chants yes
2: yeah it's a very bluesy based kind of origin.
1: He gets this uh, these elements of black metal, soul, blues, gospel and just weaves them together in these really magnificent ways with spiritual chants African American spirituality involved in, in, in a lot of his writing it's just definitely amazing mixed in with that black metal he adds elements of new metal as well to some of his tracks death to the holy uh, uh
0: yeah yeah i can hear
2: that even a country song or a
0: rock ballad Well, the golden liar yeah golden yeah. liar yeah. it starts off with a lot of that acoustic guitar and whatnot uh-huh. but at the same... Like, it's not a positive song. <laughs> no, no. But, I mean, there's been a lot of Western songs that weren't as well, you know? Right. So, it, you, um, can, you can kind of hold that one up to it also. And you can tell it's telling a story of some sort, although I don't know what the story is because he kept saying 13 years. Like, you know, it's been 13 years. And I was like, oh, I don't know what he's going for there. I, but it's a story like, of some sort.
2: You were saying that this is the third album yes. in the story. So, you know, running is a big part of that. I mean it's funny it's the second song run to me i was taken from the first bass note hmm. you know it came out it was just a big long huge bass note right. and i was like that's a good tone <laughs> you know when a when you capture a tone i can't tell you how many musicians are out there just looking for that right tone and spending hours and hours doing it but it opened it up and it just it you know, it, it hits, up. and then he comes in, number two song, It's Run. You know that that game is on at that point, and it hits hard. Yeah. It does hit hard, you know. It's got it's barrages
1: got it. of breakneck riffs, got very soulful uh, melodic vocals involved mm-hmm. in there. Sparse
2: drums, but just enough to make it more of a punch, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a lot of single bass notes that are just grounding riffs, and it's just like boom, boom,
1: boom.
0: And then next part. Well, at least until it hits the black metal part, in which case that, yeah. Then it's like, "Ah." The drummer's earning his pay at that point. Exactly. (laughs) right. But yeah, then, then you have songs like along the same lines, Feed the Machine, where it does go back and forth hard between a funk blues sort of sound and then it hard cuts Mm -hmm. to black metal right there's no transition between the two it's almost like two separate tracks within the same track
2: there's a lot of that postmodernism in here you know that's like John Zorn you know where you're playing something really hard and fast and then you break into a cartoon riff you know and then you're playing some jazz and it goes back to which with Zorn you never found it was very soulful with him you very much do yeah he's got a contrast that he's doing but you feel like oh this is him and then this is also him him. And you have those those contradictions or those juxtapositions that some people would say these days has been done, but he does them very well, which I think is, you know, and the fact that they are soulful is pretty good. And I think that comes up first with the third track. You're getting the the contrast between the the spirituals um or the work songs people are singing, mm-hmm. you know, and doing in, and you feel you when you listen to it, you can hear the entire history of african music into rock and roll transitioning into heavy metal you know it's still there it's still connecting on that linear line but here you have this past future existence existing on the same plane and meshing itself
0: out and
1: then you have tracks like immersion yeah uh, oh
0: yeah so it's an instrumental for the most part. There's some black metal screaming in it, but that's exactly what it is. Just screaming. There's no lyrics, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a major key black metal song with a lot of electronics. It sounds very upbeat and hopeful. It's like yeah. something it's, it's, it's got that Banshee type scream. So. <laughs> right. It's in, like in better suited for a stadium. Like <laughs> yeah. Like it, it is an odd track because it does have all the, the trappings of black metal with the screaming and the blast beats and all that stuff. But yeah, it, it, it is upbeat and hopeful. I think that's
2: been a huge part of music for african americans i think and a lot is music about hope and you know the one day things are going to change if you don't have a hopeful attitude at some level then
1: take up a rageful attitude you know yeah Yeah. destroy something also
2: the other half of this you know and it's very well laid out in that sense there's nothing extra i don't think in this there's nothing that in these tracks that doesn't need to be there I think it all feeds in very well all the way. to his points Correct. what he's trying to do with each track, and I don't think one track runs into the other where the last one sounded like the next one. You get the feeling like you get to
0: go through the story. There's a right. beginning, a middle, and end. You're you get to take the journey with him. As much as I I do love this album, my main complaint about it is that it's not different enough from the other albums. Like if you were to mix up the songs between this album and his other two full length albums, right? They I'd all be sound fine very, with that. They'd all be very similar as long
2: as they were in sequential order. It, to me, that would be like the Lord of the Rings, the whole triptych. Uh, you know, you got all true. three of them, listen to them back to back in one whole sitting during the day. But I still wouldn't feel like I was swallowed by one
0: sound throughout the whole time, it which just,
2: I, I like. I appreciate that.
0: There just isn't a lot of evolution between the albums, except maybe the production's a little cleaner. But mm. I, I, even that, I don't think it's significantly. Yeah. So uh, I'm all but, for triptychs. But, <laughs> and that's basically it. It was just, OK, if you've listened to the other two albums, you know exactly what you're getting in this album. Because uh, it, is, it is more of that. I think that the one song to me that was uh, the, I was
2: most taken by and almost giggled over, like everybody has to uh, do one of these songs, is they got to do a ballad. And that was the Golden Liar song, you know? And it, to me, it was like doing the Bad Company song, you
0: know? That's the one he put out as a single for this album.
2: Yeah, and you could see it because it would be the one that he could transition to radio play yes. And actually have it make and, and concrete his career to a point that people would be interested enough to go back to listen to the rest of this stuff. That you one know, really floored the, me.
1: I, I really like
0: the dark, bluesy approach. He's got an awesome voice for that. Like Yes, he does. He does have it, a great voice. It sounds voice. authentic for that, his, that yeah. bluesy. Kind of reminds me of emotional. Tom Waits. He's got, he's got a I great voice. I would argue it might be better than Tom Waits. But that's because Tom Waits can almost get yeah, cartoonish. Well, yeah, he's got some camp to him, for sure. Right. You know? It's just like, it's too much, but yeah. <laughs> but it's also what makes Tom Waits great, is yeah. just that he can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. Yes. We're talking about
1: Tom now. <laughs> it was definitely my favorite track, or or at least one of the more memorable ones.
0: Uh, the one, one of the ones I really liked down there, and it's one of the shorter songs, but it was Bow, Bow Down to the American Way. And it's a short track, and it's probably one of the more derivative ones as far as it goes. But I don't know. It sticks right. with me.
2: What's up with him in the future? Is there any news about what he's working on
0: or what he's going to be the, doing next? Well, this album just came out like a month or two ago. It okay. came out
1: February. So, so very, yeah, very recent.
0: Yeah, so like just a month ago. So at this point, he was touring with Mastodon and Opeth. Mm-hmm. They're not coming through here. But I'm hoping just more shows, more touring, and hopefully Kansas City shows so I can actually go see this yeah, guy. or someplace close <laughs> enough. Have they ever know? been in the States? Oh, they, they tour the United States all the time. So it feels like it's primarily an American band, even though is Swiss-American. But Most of the members, the names all sounded French. Oh, really? So that's yeah, okay. kind of interesting. I guess it's worth noting the whole call and response thing with a chance and whatnot. He actually has two guys on stage dedicated that do nothing but the background vocals. <laughs> it's just that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're dedicated to that sound and making it sound right. And they do. There's plenty of live footage of them on YouTube. There's well, an entire show that you can watch. On going YouTube.
1: on their website, zilanardor.com. Looks like they're planning a tour on Europe this spring through France, Austria, Switzerland. It's
0: the land of black metal.
1: Oh uh, uh, yeah, Europe England. is way more into
0: it than the United States. So. They
1: get all the good shows out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no North America dates, unfortunately. Hmm. But you know that might change. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, that, that is definitely one of the bands that I'm really wanting to see live.
1: Oh shit, they're going on the European tour with Meshuga. That's here's, a nice lineup, right here's there. Here's an
2: interesting thing <laughs> that they had an interesting merchandise scheme. That was going France could get free merchandise if they branded the band's logo on their skin. So
0: that's a twist on touring. (laughs) Now that's marketing right there for you. I I thought I also remember them saying that it was sort of a joke and they didn't expect anybody to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never underestimate humanity. (laughs) That being said, I don't know that they specified what kind of branding. So you could pretty easily do a cold branding on something like that, which is... Way less investment. Right. right. Like yeah. Cool braining is easy and it doesn't stick around all that long. He says the intent was that no one would ever do it, because, but that's the whole
2: thing. You don't want this brand. If you do, you're an idiot who is following, not thinking for yourself.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, 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 that's the, the one I read. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good quote.
1: Yeah, for sure. Overall, I think this is an awesome project. Uh, definitely a great album.
2: Yes. Yeah. Now I want to go back and listen to the other two for sure, to get yeah, the full right. spectrum of it, and I really think, I'm I'm happy, unlike you, that they didn't sound like there was an evolution of, you know, sometimes you hear bands, this is their first album, and the second album, and you like to feel it, you're growing with them, but it's nice
0: enough that he probably had a preconception to keep it the same. Yeah, it's, I, I can see that being the case, like, it came out as a fully realized project and there was nothing to change yeah and Whereas, so you can keep the same yeah. production standards use the same instrumentation
2: considering
1: that they've been around for almost a decade i, I think that it's good that they're keeping that homogenous approach to their sound Again, i think that's probably what they're gunning for is
2: yeah you know, sometimes it's different sound new band
1: doesn't seem like it's evolving too much from that but i don't seem to have a big problem with that yeah. He actually had a chamber pop band before this called Bird Mask. Anybody yes. here actually got I, a chance to hear it. that?
0: It, it's, it's entirely different. Like it is not necessarily acoustic, but more that it, it, it really is just more pop by comparison. But it's, it's still like, you know, guitar based. Is it still rock. like the
1: same type of lyrics also? The same type of approach no, or something? No, it, it's completely different.
0: So, and, and that's kind of why, you know, like this concept, the whole, you know, Satanism in and stuff like that, it really is just for this band like everything else he's done it's, outside, he's not it. espousing his personal philosophy it is very much a concept yeah so three albums yeah that was good that was awesome anybody have any favorites i probably still lean toward the the zealand arter one yeah it's I the it's I'm, the one i i keep going back to
1: it's good one yeah it's, it's, one a it's okay. got a lot of
0: tasty treats in there yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. author and punisher for me for sure
0: yeah
2: that one's going to take a little bit more from me, but I, there's, I could find a lot of times I think I could use that album in my daily routine, stretching, trying to pull some <laughs> yoga moves, and you don't want to hear the same
0: hand pan every day. I don't want to hear the hand pan. Yeah, it's not good jogging music. It doesn't have the right pace, but otherwise, right, no. yes. Right. <laughs> but if I'm
2: sitting there, you know, trying to do like downward facing dog, okay. or perfect one, of course, is the death pose at the very end <laughs> just lay on your back and just relax it's zone out for a while it's, at the it's... end of it but yeah I could see doing yoga to that album for sure
1: interesting it's, it's definitely not music for mowing your lawn <laughs> or no. putting the kids to sleep I don't
2: know if it's good for romance either necessarily but <laughs>
1: My girlfriend got to hear that. She, she wasn't super keen on the vocals.
2: I
0: really think they should have been brought up a bit. It would have really helped a lot. Well, they're a lot smoother on this album there than they are on his other stuff. He has wow. those custom-built microphone things that he keeps in front of his face or a microphone built into a, like a gas mask type thing. Yeah, I really got
2: just to just see like, it. They have, they have videos of him on
0: YouTube yes. doing oh, that stuff.
2: I listened to the album via YouTube and it was just the picture of the album and then just straight through. But the mm-hmm. first song had a cartoon that was done in an instrumental with the vocals. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh,
0: okay. Oh, Drunk so, Herring Dead. Yeah. No, yeah. The first
2: it, single it, off that album.
1: Yeah. It, it's it, If you've ever had the chance to see Author and Punisher live. that Which I would recommend. Yes. Yeah, I can, that, 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 that would that be definitely That's experience. where a lot of that is truly appreciated along with a yeah. menacing light show in the background okay so folks that's all for today for this episode of unfolding sound thank you so much for joining us tune in next time for our next episode and uh once again signing off this is will system it's adam austin this is doug leach thank you very much and we will see you next time on unfolding sound